Music, news, entertainment, it's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and welcome to the program. We're very happy this week to bring on award-winning recording artist Robin S., who's had a ton of success in the dance and pop music community with hit songs like Love for Love and Show Me Love. We're also joined by talented Canadian artist Rhea May, who's had a very busy year touring the country and promoting her My Love EP. We also have new music on the way from Calvin Harris, Maggie Rogers, and Sam Smith and Normani. But first, let's settle in with dance diva Robin S., who has a brand new single out with Quebec DJ and producer Phoenix Lord called I Believe. Robin, welcome to The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Thank you for having me. Kelly. Oh, of course. This is a complete honor. I've said that to both CeCe Peniston and, and Crystal Waters and Martha Wash, and I'm just so excited to have you on the show. This is a real dream come true for me. And so I'm going to take you back a little bit because I just wanted to ask, with regards to your music career, how did it actually kick off for you? Well, I used to, I mean, I've been singing with bands ever since I was uh, 15, so it was a long time coming. You know, it wasn't something that was like an overnight success just basically singing with bands and clubs and you know some people heard me and they asked me to demo a song which I could not stand at the time <laughs> because that wasn't what I was doing um and the rest is history you know just it it just opened up a lot of doors for me when you were growing up what type of music did you listen to the most and who did you look up to musically the most Mm, Phyllis Hyman Aretha Franklin so it lets you know that I was listening to all R&B songs that's good. That's good with me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, about, um, I guess, the lead up to Show Me Love, uh, because I know it came out, I guess, in like 1990 or 91 as, as sort of one version of it. And then I know Stonebridge then did the remix and then uh, it got re-released. And then, of course, everything went kaboom. How did the song initially come your way? Uh, I was in a club and, and, you know, the two guys, the producers of the, of the song said, we have a song for you. And um, I was like, okay, cool. And they gave me the song. I was like, mm -mm -mm, this is not me. I don't do this stuff. I don't sing this kind of stuff. I mean, I was in an R&B club singing R&B. So when they presented that to me, the closest thing that I came to dance music was, uh, I like dance music, but singing it was Don't Stop Till You Get Enough and Donna Summer's Last Dance. I mean, that was the closest I got to it. So when they gave it to me, I was like, mm -mm -mm, I don't think I can do this. They said, try it, take it home, live with it. Listened to it, came back. I was like, mm, no, this is not me. No, that's okay. They said, no, 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 try it. Just try it. So they said, okay, we're going to schedule um, a recording session. And, you know, at the time that they scheduled the recording session, I had the flu. So what you hear is me having the flu, um, only doing it one time because that's all I had to give. Wow. So that's the version that we actually hear today is you having like yes. a cold and then, wow, I never knew that. Yeah, I was sick. <laughs> I was so sick. But I knew, I, I mean, I, I couldn't cancel the session, you know, so I said, okay, I'll go in there. And in my mind, I'm saying, okay, one shot. That's all we're doing. It's one shot and that's it. I have no more to give after that. And that was it. Wow, that's fantastic. And so when uh, it got remixed by Stonebridge and then was re-released, were you ready at all for the kaboom that happened? No, okay. I can answer that. No, no, real fast, no. I was not. Um, I kept getting calls um, saying, hey, Rob, it's, it, it entered the charts at number 10. Okay, call me back on this number five. I wasn't enthused at all. Um, okay, if it goes to five, you know, you're going to have to get ready to go to Paris, you know, do Top of the Pops and everything. Yeah, 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 okay. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't I didn't have a lot of faith in it, honestly. Um never had a record out, so it was like I wasn't oh, okay, yeah, whatever. I said, Call me back when it hits number one. Then when it hit with number one he said, I hope you have your bags packed because you have to leave for Paris and I was like, I'm not going to Paris. I'm not going. He said, You have to go to support the record. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, so wow. I, I just didn't expect it. I really didn't. Wow, that's crazy. Because I, I think actually, if memory serves too, I, I remember asking Crystal Waters about, um, you know, Gypsy Woman and some of those songs. I don't think she expected them to either go as quickly as they did. And then so I, I think actually her album, a bunch of those are actually demo vocals too that she, you know, she never got a chance to sort of recut and everything just took off immediately. So, uh, and I remember, uh, like I told you off air before we started the interview, I was, you know, a teenager at the time. And I remember when the song hit, uh, where I lived in Montreal, Canada, and just everything, you know, it was everywhere, and I can only imagine what it was it like. It was crazy. I can it only was imagine. crazy. You know, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, this, you know, she's a one-hit wonder, or uh, it happened overnight. I've been singing since I was five. You know, um, when this record came out, literally, I was, um, when I first recorded the record, I was 20. They never wanted me to say it, but I was 28. Okay. When the record finally came out, because we recorded it before then, you know, and it didn't do too, it didn't do well at all, you know, it just, it just did. Um, but then when Stonebridge got a hold of it and he put his his magic on it, and I have to give him his props. That was two years later, and I was thirty years old when this song came out. I had just had my son, um, my son. I had him in January, and I had to go. Believe it or not, I had to leave in March. Wow. To, you know, promote the record. So, you know, my sister had my son most of the time and I would fly back home, you know, for a couple of days and be with my son and fly back out. It was it was it was horrible for me as a new mother, not a new mother, but a mother of just having a baby. But, you know, I, I wanted to make life better for my kids. And can you talk a little bit about, because uh, I just want to, like, I, obviously, I'm like I said, I knew the song was everywhere just in my hometown of Montreal, so I can only imagine what it was like to be wanted around the world. Were you able to enjoy any of it, Robin, or was it, like, so much of a whirlwind? And again, you had your, your young son at the time. Were you able to take in any, any joy, or was it just kind of, like, working and grinding it out? Um, I was able to enjoy some of it, some of the time, honestly. I was able to, um, you know, enjoy some of it. I just... Um, you know, sometimes it was it was a little disheartening because I couldn't be home with my baby. But, you know, again, I wanted to, I had to look at the big picture of things, you know, and the big picture was, okay, we have to do this because we have to make life better for the kids. You know, we have to, we have to keep pushing ahead because I, I wanted to eventually leave a legacy. You've definitely done that. That's for sure. And I did want to ask too, um, the follow-up for that, did you feel a lot of pressure knowing you had, or not you had to come back with something strong, but you know, usually that's the case. You need to come back at least with something strong to, you know, to, to make people realize you've got a lot, you've got a lot left in the tank. Not, you're not just a one hit wonder. Well, um, love for love. When love for love came out, I just thought it was too, too much sound to like show me love. And that wasn't, that wasn't my choice. That was the record label's choice to put that song out. Um, but, I mean, I, I really didn't feel the pressure of anything because it happened so fast for me that I, I just was like, mm, okay. Everything was, mm, okay, mm, okay. <laughs> I was in that, mm, okay zone, you know, that, that where it hasn't hit me. You know, it didn't hit me. I mean, it, it hit me when um, I think I was laying down and um, I had my terrace door open and um, 
I, I recognized the song immediately coming up the street. It was in someone's car, and they had it loud. And it was about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I think that was the first time it hit me that, wow, somebody, wow, this is really going on. The next time that it really, really hit me was uh, when all the radio stations in New York were playing it at the same time, simultaneously. Right. Uh, and I, I turned to one, and it was playing. I turned to the other radio station, it was playing. I, then I had to pull over, because I, I had one of those moments where I, I can't believe this is going on. This is, this is really happening for me. This is really, really, you know, this is the real deal. You know, and, and that's when it finally hit me that, okay, we, we, we're doing something here. That's fantastic. We're really doing something. Joining us on The Kelly Alexander Show is award-winning recording artist Robin S. Make sure to follow her on her social media, at The Real Robin S. Um, Robin, I want to talk to you about the new song in just a sec, but I did want to bring you back just a little bit um, to the 90s, because in 90s dance music, uh, I, just, I almost want to say that the 90s were dance. Uh, it just seemed like that was a good decade for dance music and house music. And I know sort of later on, um, alternative music you know, came up, but we had so many great house artists and dance artists like yourself um looking back on those times do you have like you know fond memories of that sort of decade because i think in a way it probably has propelled you to you know like your fans from then and your fans from now i think Mm -hmm. it has um you know in the 90s it was it was that feel good music it's like take me away you know take me away from all my troubles take me away from from the things that i have to deal with on a daily basis just take me away for if even if it's just for you know, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, just, I just want to dance, you know, I just want to dance and, and be carefree and just want to be taken away. And, you know, the strangest thing is, is that people are, these young kids are feeling that way now, you know, it, it's come back where they just want to forget about, you know, people and their issues and, you know, the world and its issues and, and they just want to have fun. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, R&B music because I love it, but at that point, I just think that it was an era where people needed to just feel free, you know, feel good. I agree with you a thousand percent. And I wanted to ask you, too, about your, LG, um, your LGBTQ fans, because I know uh, in speaking to some of your colleagues uh, in the dance world, they've mentioned over and over to me again just how important that fan base is. Yeah, it is. It's very important. You know, I mean, when, when they love you, they love you. And I love them back. You know, I, I'm not here to judge anybody about anything i'm here to love because that's what god does for me he loves me and he loves me unconditionally with all my faults you know so i'm I'm not here to judge and i i think that the world is so cruel you know the world is is really cruel because you know if if, if they're not with it then then nobody needs to be with it and, and that's not true you know i'm i god didn't place me here to say oh i don't like you because you you have a certain preference you know, God placed me here to love them and love everyone as he loves me. Because God knows if, if he loved me under terms and conditions, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's, that's half of us. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe all of us, mm-hmm. you know, because none of us live in a glass house. Oh, yeah. For none sure. of us live in a glass house, you know? So I wanted to ask you as well, too, um, I wanted to know if you feel sort of a sisterhood with some of your other, again, dance colleagues like the Crystal Waters of the World, CeCe Pennison, Christine W., oh, Deborah course. Cox, because I know you guys end of up course. a lot of the same festivals together, right? Well, we, we communicate regularly. You know, myself and Janice Robinson, myself and CeCe Pennison, myself and Crystal Waters, myself and Anaya Day, we, we communicate. 
You know, that's, you know, that's, that's the behind the scenes that people don't see, you know, media tries to make it and pit, pit us against one another, but it doesn't work. We, we genuinely care myself and Barbara Tucker. We genuinely care about each other. That is awesome. I, I love mean, all you ladies. To, we have to support each other because we don't get the support that other people get yes. in this industry. So we have to support one another. We have to show face for one another. We have to, you know, give us the accolades because we don't get those, you know, we don't get those from the Grammys. We don't get those from American Music Awards. We don't get that. So we have to support one another. I wanted to ask you about that too, um, Robin, because like I've gotten into verbal arguments <laughs> with people before about the importance of dance music and house music. And, and now, you know, it's in its recent incarnation of, of calling it EDM. Because I used to get angry when people would say, oh, you know, it's just electronic music. It's nothing that's really personal. It's nothing that really is going to carry you through or has a message. And I would argue till the cows come home. So yourself being an artist in that genre, um, has it been uh, challenging to carry the load? And, and Or do you just sort of like put on your, your helmet and away let you go? Me, let me tell you something. I've always been an advocate. Once, once I was thrusted into this, I, I, I did. Like you said, I put on my helmet and said, here I go. You know, and I continuously do that because dance music, listen, you can take any good R&B music and turn it into a dance song, but you have to be cognitive of what you're saying and how it's making people feel when you're actually doing a dance record, when you're writing to a dance track, you know, and most people think that, that ours are message less. And it's filled with messages. It's filled. It's like a message in a bottle. But people don't take the time out to listen to it because they think, oh, it's dance music. It doesn't mean anything. You know, because before it was just, just the sound. Dun, 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 dun. And, and that's not what we represent. Mm-hmm. We represent messages, clear-cut messages to everyone across the board. I agree. A thousand percent. And I can't wait to ask you now about your new song. So you've got a new single out. It's called I Believe with uh, Quebec DJ and producer Phoenix Lord. So how did you two actually end up collaborating? I think this is such a great sort of coming of two countries even in a way. Well, it was um, at the suggestion of Sovin, okay. um, his manager. Mm-hmm. And um, and like I said, I have, a, I have a young kid that, you know, he's been on the top. And, you know, I never turn anybody down. I always say, let's see what they got. Let's see what they're working with. And so when they sent me the music, I was like, okay, I got to place this song. I got to, how do I feel about this song? And if, if anyone has followed me, really, really followed me, every song that I have written and every song that is already written and is due to come out is all gospel based, all inspir- inspirational based. Mm-hmm. So if you're a believer, you understand where it's coming from. And so when I wrote, I believe, it's it that's what it is i believe i can do anything truth is power you know and i i can conquer anything anything <laughs> getting stronger by the hour i'm amazed at the love that you bring you know it's 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 all inspirational that's amazing and, and that's basically who robin s is right now you know this is a point in my life where i look back at a lot of things that i'm so thankful for that i made it through and i look back at things that you know it could have gone so differently you know so when i write i write from that and i wanted to actually ask you about that because i was all over your instagram account uh, preparing for our interview and uh i think you had a post from december 19th and you were talking about how 2019 was going to be a lot of new for robin s um so what are some of the yes. things that you really want to accomplish in 2019 robin 
I, I want to win a Grammy. I'm <laughs> down with that. I would love that. I would. I'm claiming it. You know, they say you have to claim the things that you want. Um, a lot of new material that has a lot of substance and substance in it, and I hope people that you know can really listen to it and just you know don't just fling it to the side. But there's messages. It's like a message in a bottle. It really, really is, and it's it's stuff that will help you get through life. It's stuff that, you know, I'm you know I'm more experienced than some of my listeners. So you know, to be able to have somebody, and I had somebody like that that I could go to and and talk to, and 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 she could, you know, give me life lessons, and and I took them. I was like a sponge. I took them. So the only thing I want people to do is just be like that sponge. You know, I mean, if somebody has some valuable lessons and and, and valuable experiences. You know, and I've I've been through some things. I'm not without fault. I'm not without, uh, you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I had to struggle. And I've been through some things, you know. I've been in love, out of love, you know, the whole nine. And and if you can learn from what I'm writing, then, yeah, that's how you do it. Will you be out uh, doing dates to promote the new single, Robin? I certainly will. I certainly will. Perfect. And what do you want people to actually take away from the song, like to kind of do what you were talking about before, where, you know, they claim it as their own, they believe it, that they can sort of get through anything? Absolutely. I want them to listen to the words. Listen to the words. For that young woman who has always been told that she's not going to be anything, or that young man has always been told that they're not going to be anything in life, listen to the words. For that child who is, is in search of, listen, listen to the words. For that adult, you know, who is overpowered or overtaken, be it male or female, by the opposite sex or whatever, listen to the words. You can do and be anything that God says that you can do and be. I love that. That's amazing. And as we, um, before I let you go, I did want to ask you, um, I wanted to ask you what you're listening to. Uh, who's inspiring you these days? Wow. Um, you would never believe it, but Layla Hathaway. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Layla Hathaway inspires me a whole lot. I still listen to my mentor, Nancy Wilson. I still listen to Phyllis Hyman when I get in a mood where what am I going to do? You know, how are things going? I go back and listen to their stuff. Awesome. You know, and they inspire me. They really inspire me. But let us see Layla Hathaway. Uh, gosh, there's so many, so many, um, you know, R&B artists that I listen to, so many jazz artists that I listen to. And I, I really, I just kind of mute out the music and I listen to the words because I'm a lyricist. Mm-hmm. So I listen to the words, you know, and the words are very powerful. You just take time to, I think if we just took time to listen to words. That we could, It's like almost a blueprint from some people. And how do you, you find out that most of these artists that are out there now, they didn't have it easy. Right. Because they tell you. And uh, also, how do you find or or do you feel that the genre of, of house music and dance music is in a good place in 2019? Like, are you happy with where we're at? Um, you know what will make me ecstatic? And I think I speak, I can speak for some of my uh, peers. We get recognized the way we should because we laid a lot of the foundations that they're using right now. And so if they could just, just recognize us and act like we did exist and we do exist. And because of some things, certain things have happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just, it would, it would make me feel good. It would make me feel great because if, if I win, then the Barbara Tuckers win. The Janice Robinsons win. If Janice Robinson wins, then I win. It's, it's, it's a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. You know, just recognize us and treat us with respect. That's it. 
Do you think, Robin, that some of the uh, DJ producers that are doing extremely well these days, uh, do you think any of them have a clue that they need to, um, not that they need to, but that they should, that they should, um, you know, like feature you on one of their tracks or feature one of your peers on one of their tracks and actually go down that route and take and take some of the and like pay homage to all of you fabulous women who have done what you've done? Well, I think some of them have, but then you have some that like to steal the music, you know? I mean, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if you had someone that would do your song <clears throat> and say, oh, I've, I've got the seal of approval right here. Right. And now you've picked up, as an R&B artist, you've picked up all of my fans. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All of my fans, a whole other demographic that you didn't have, simply because you did it the correct way. You know, things have to be done Properly and in order. Yep. Agreed. You know, in order for it to work out right. And uh, last question. I just want to know what your fans mean to you, Robin, after all these years. The ones who have been with you, like, from the 90s to your new ones that are coming at you in 2019. They mean the world to me. I mean, I I understand the whole concept of, you know, uh, paying it forward. And and I understand the whole concept of being um, humble. Uh, without them, I would be working a nine to five. I would be singing with the band still. I would be doing a lot of the things that, that everyone else is doing. Not that it's bad. It's just that I wouldn't have a career. I wouldn't have a career in singing. So I honor them as they honor me. I, I feed them as they feed me. It's a give and take situation every single time I hit that stage. You know, Perfect. you feed me, I feed you. You honor me, I honor you. You, you, you hurrah and rave for me, and I'm going to do the same for you. And, and, and I, I really appreciate all the years. People don't even understand because it didn't have to be, and it could have gone so many different ways. I appreciate, humbly appreciate all the love and support that I have gotten over 25 years. You know, longevity has its place in time and and they've allowed me to keep this thing going so yes i I honor them well robin we honor you thank you so much um for doing what you do and i can just say my little uh you know 17 year old self is extremely happy to have been able to uh, to have you on my show (laughs) it's just been such an honor to have you on the show i like i said i i loved your song when it came out and i've been following you ever since and keep up the amazing work on your social media because i love following your instagram account All right. Thank you so much, love. That's award-winning recording artist Robin S. Make sure to follow her on her social media at The Real Robin S. And right now, let's take a look at some new music you should be on the lookout for. The Kelly Alexander Show, bringing you fresh sounds like this. DJ and producer Calvin Harris has released his first song of 2019, and this time around he's recruited soul singer Rag and Bone Man for the new single called Giant. Now Calvin has blended his go-to beats and synth sounds with organic touches like brass, strings, piano, and even vocal chants. And so far the song is getting a lot of positive reviews. Wrote me down and taught me how to see. And I know it, I know it, I know it. Maybe we should take some time 
Singer Maggie Rogers' career started to take off after being found by super producer and recording artist Pharrell Williams during a master class at New York University a couple of years ago. Fast forward to today, and Maggie has recently released her first album on a major label and has already been out on the road opening for hit group Mumford & Sons on their arena tour, not to mention appearing on The Ellen DeGeneres Show and Stephen Colbert. The song you're listening to is called The Knife, and her album is called Heard It In A Past Life. Look what you made me do I'm with somebody new Ooh, baby, baby, I'm dancing with a stranger British crooner Sam Smith has teamed up with Fifth Harmony's Normani for a sultry new single called Dancing with a Stranger. Now, just to give you a bit of a backstory, Sam Smith is a huge Fifth Harmony fan. In fact, he is a card-carrying harmonizer, which is the group name for their fans. Now, he loves these girls. So when Sam found himself in a Los Angeles studio working on new music and it became known to him that Normani was next door, it didn't take too long before he was over there and recruiting her to work on a new track together. And the result is the song we're playing now, Dancing with a Stranger. New music on The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly. And thank you so much for spending time with us on the show. Please keep in mind that we would love for you to subscribe to our program. We're on major podcast platforms like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and Google Play. Now it's time to welcome June Award-winning recording artist Rhea May. Rhea has been touring her latest EP, My Love, across Canada, and we're happy to have her. Rhea, welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show. It's great to be back. So we actually first had you on the show several years ago when I had your song Close Off come my way. And I, at the moment, I was like, I have to have her on the show. So then we did. And then a few months after that, the song actually hit radio. And you've been on fire ever since. So I wanted to ask you, in the couple of years since you've been on the show, have you had a chance to enjoy the ride? Because it just seems like you've been on this roller coaster. It definitely, like, time has definitely gone very, very quick, um, but I, I have time, like, the last couple months, I've really been sort of looking back and appreciating the, the ride. Um, it's funny, you that interview, that first one you did um, with me, I remember you saying you liked clothes off and you thought it was going to do well, and I just kind of believed you, but I kind <laughs> of didn't, you know, and I remember sitting in my apartment in Halifax and... It, it stood out as a really great interview. I've done a ton of them since, but it was, um, I definitely remember that. I feel like you were one of the first people to really support that song, so thank you. Of course, and I, I, I do remember telling you that, and I think I was like gushing. I was like, this song's amazing, <laughs> and so I was so happy when it actually hit radio, and I was like, yeah, I told you so, so it's, it's <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's pretty awesome. Um, so I wanted to ask you too, since we've, we've spoken, you've now picked up uh, a couple of Juno nominations. And so mm-hmm. what does that feel like being Juno nominated Rhea May? Yeah, that is wild for sure. Um, you know, both times I didn't expect it. And my whole life, I would always watch the nominations come out. You know, I always, you know, make a, make lunch or make coffee and just really like focus on watching who, you know, if any East Coasters were nominated. And the two times I didn't watch were the two times I was nominated. <laughs> and I, I really didn't think it was coming either time. So it's just been such a surprise and it's just, it's an honor to be in that company. That's awesome. I actually was just checking as you were speaking. When I first had you on, it was September 12th of 2014. Wow. <laughs> so it's A been, lot can change. Yeah. Four, four years, years, eh? Crazy. Um, wow. Yeah, it's nuts. And so I wanted to ask you too, um, because I... 
Can you actually tell us how long did it take you to maybe write? Because when you had Close Off, that was a single. And then mm-hmm. and then the album came out not long after that, I suppose. But like, I guess yeah. you had more time to do the album as opposed to getting the EP ready, this last one, My Love. Was it more um, stressful because now you had not something to prove, but you know you have to back up your claims a little bit? Yeah. You know what? I'm, I didn't feel the stress. I think I was too busy to really think about that. Like, looking back now, I'm like, oh, good thing that... Ben didn't flop, you know, because it was like, I, I'm, I'm glad that Close Off wasn't the best performing song. Like, otherwise I would have been like, oh, I guess I peaked. <laughs> but I think I was just, you know, it just luck was with me. And I, I think I feel like songs are really lucky. It's like if you sit down on a certain day, a good song might come out and another day it might be crap. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've just been lucky that Ben kind of came to me when it did. And yeah, thanking my lucky stars. <laughs> also, Thoughts on Fire was amazing too, and I really liked Gold. So, do you have a favorite? Like, I know they're all your babies, but do you like which ones do you like performing the most? Hmm, you know, Thoughts on Fire definitely has like a special place in my heart because I wrote it on the day that I got my record deal with Sony, okay. and I was crying, and that was like the last song that I wrote for the album. So to me, it's like there's like every time I play it, you know, sometimes I'll get a little bit emotional or just it, it's kind of the point in the show where I kind of reflect because it's I'm kind of on autopilot. I know the song really well. I look around and I take it in and I it's just a really nice song for me. But yeah, it's like you said, it's like they're all my little kids. They're all special in some way. So you have worked with a bunch of great Canadian artists uh, since we last spoke, like Serena Ryder, Peter Jackson, Tegan Quinn. Um, what's it been like having the support of established Canadian acts? Because I know recently I interviewed both Serena and classified and they had nothing but good things to say about you oh that's awesome um yeah it's been cool like i've always kind of been someone that would reach out to other people and i would just always get like polite no's and i noticed just in the last couple of years that i'm getting a lot more yeses so it's like <laughs> super cool to, I, when i wrote serena i got you couldn't pay me enough to read the first email i sent serena like it's so embarrassing <laughs> and it was just me being like i'm such a fan like oh i love you and and she was kind enough to take a chance. And, uh, yeah, we have a great working relationship now, and she's great. That's awesome. Um, it's funny, because you're kind of my go-to example when I'm interviewing other Canadian acts. I'm like, I'm like, are you guys all buds? I'm like, like are you friends with Rhea May? Like, <laughs> so everyone's like, I love Rhea. So it's funny, like, everybody either, well, either A, knows who you are, and then B, loves you. Like, what does that say? Because, like, you've only been in the industry a couple of years, if you think about it. You know, I, it really is a small scene. Like, it's we all see each other backstage at festivals, and sometimes, and like you know, we're going to do a radio interview, and I'll bump into Dan Jalewski or Sean Hook, and it's such a it can be such a lonely career in some ways that when you bump into someone that has the exact same experience as you, it's just fun. So I just I, I just love yeah running into other musicians, and it doesn't feel competitive in this country. It feels really supportive. That's awesome. Now, what's been the best thing that's happened to Rhea May this past year? Oh, geez. What? I can't even remember when the year started or when what happened this year. Um, there's been a lot of... I think I opened for Katie Lang this year. Did that happen? I feel like it did. Met, you know what? The best thing is that I met Jan Arden. Oh, cool. That's the best thing. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite thing. I got to go for lunch with Jan Arden, and now we're, we're buds, and I think we're buds. She maybe she doesn't remember me. <laughs> But um, she, I've looked up to her for so long, and I've just been such a huge fan that just meeting her, not playing with her, just meeting her was one of the highlights. That's really cool. Now, since your career has taken off over the last couple of years, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned about being a successful artist in the Can- Canadian music uh, scene? Um, I think I've learned, you know, it's like nothing comes easy. Everyone works really, really hard. 
I think it's easy. Sometimes musicians, when they're up and coming, they get stuck on like, oh, this person got an opportunity and I didn't. Or It's like I've met everyone in this industry now. Everyone works so, so, so hard. It's, you know, I, it's, it's incredible to watch how other people do it because it's such a, a tough gig and, you know, you, you get sick a lot. It's hard on your body and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, people work really hard. That's the, that's the big thing I've learned. I know that you are obviously signed to a major label, but I'm wondering, um, like, I feel like you still have to not only be Rhea the artist, but Rhea the businesswoman. Totally. And I don't know how it was back in you know, the day of like the 70s and 80s when, when record companies were different, but I think a lot of, that's a misconception is a lot of people will come off and be like, oh, did the label do this or do they make you do these photos? I'm like, the label supports us, but, you know, everything comes from, and this is the same with all ours, you know, uh, Coleman Hell, Scott Hellman, like, it's it's us driving the, you know, we decide on the photos and the videos and every marketing choice, you know, it has to come from the artist, like, no one's going to hand that to you. So, but of course, in terms of radio and kind of getting your name out there, labels are just, you know, a wonderful tool. Joining us on the uh, the Kelly Alexander Show is Juno-nominated artist Rhea May. Make sure you follow her not only on her website, which is RiaMay.com, but of course on in- Instagram as well, Rhea is awake. Let's talk a little bit about you being on tour. I know you've crossed the country. I don't even know how many times you've crossed the country now. It seems like a long time, uh, <laughs> or many times, I should say. But what's the best part about being on the road for so long? Because it just seems like you have to acclimate to that situation of being on the road to get your music out. Yeah, I mean, you get really close with the people that you're touring with, and um, you beca- it becomes like a camp, you know, like you don't want to leave at the end of it, because it's like, oh, but I'm used to seeing these people every day, and it's cool that you get these little spots in every single city that you, you know, you go to Edmonton, and you have your little Thai restaurant that you go to, or you go to Montreal, and you got to go to that Olympico coffee spot, and you just, you get these little fun things you look forward to in every city, and yeah, it's it's a privilege to get to see every city in Canada because not a lot of people get to do that. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Montreal because the last time you were on the show, you were actually still living here. I know you're on the road a lot, as yeah. we just talked about. Do you actually have a city to call home these days? I, I guess Toronto is like is where I'm spending my time, but I definitely like as I arrived in Montreal last night, it's like it still hits me as like a home that I miss. Um, but yeah, right now I've, I'm spending more time in in Toronto and then, you know, Halifax is where I grew up. So I guess I'm split between three cities. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it is. And do you think you'll ever come back to Montreal? Cause I know you said you had great success writing some of your songs here. Yeah. Yeah. I think about it all the time. And I think even this year I'm going to come back and spend some time to write again. Cause it's just such an inspiring city to drink wine and coffee and walk in the park and write music. For me, it's just a perfect place. That's awesome. Now, what can we expect from you for the next like six months to a year? Like, are you going to take some time off for the holidays and then recharge or how's that all going to play out? Um, I'm actually going back into the studio as soon as I get home. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Just to get a few ideas out and I'm, I'm releasing another EP in March. Good stuff. So yeah, so I'm a little bit busy, but I still get some time off and yeah, I, I like being cozy in the winter and a bit lazy. Okay. It works for me. <laughs> Uh, when the EP drops, do you think you're going to head out on the road again next summer or so? Or, um, yeah, I think I'll be doing festivals this summer and then, um, and then probably back out in the fall. Okay. To do some more. Very yeah. cool. And I did want to ask you this because of the, the, um, the genre that you're in, which is, a, you know, I would say as a broad scope is, is pop, um, us playing mm-hmm. you on top 40 radio and all that sort of stuff. It's very much a singles market these days. Is that how you view things? Like, cause again, you have to be a businesswoman about what's going on. Do you view it as yeah. a singles market or is it very important for you at some point again to have another album come out? 
I, I'm not like emotionally attached to like having an album come out. I like as a fan of music, I listen to singles too, like just like everyone else. And as a writer, I write one at a time. So that's like one of the only decisions that I kind of leave in the hands of other people. I'm like, I, I just produce music constantly as much as I can. And, you know, when I have two or three songs, like I just released three songs in the last three months. They felt like they should come out in the fall. I was kind of like, but it's really just depends on the songs. And if I write 12 songs that all sound like they belong together, I'll put out an album. <laughs> okay, very cool. And uh, I did yeah. want to ask you this. For up-and-coming artists who are, who are now in the boat that you were in like four years ago when I had you on the show, mm-hmm. uh, what would you say to a young artist uh, in, you know, in these times about how to make themselves a success? Because really, like, I, I hope this doesn't sound condescending. I'm super proud of you. Like, I'm so glad everything's working Thank out the you. way that I had hoped that it would for you. So how, what would you say looking down like a little brother or a little sister that's trying to do what you're yeah. doing? Um, I think the most important thing, and I've seen this in other people, is like you have to believe it's possible. And I remember a few of my friends that no longer do music that started with me. I remember when they stopped believing. It's almost like a Santa Claus thing, you know? Okay. Like the miracle of Christmas. But like they stopped believing it was possible at some point, and I never let my head do that. And so it's believing it's possible and surrounding yourself with people that believe it's possible and just working really, really hard. And like if you're, th- if you're that focused, it will happen for you. For sure. I have no doubt. Awesome. You rock, sister. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's always so much fun. I love talking to you. Thank you so much. That's Juno-nominated artist Rhea May. Make sure to follow her on her Instagram, at Rhea is Awake. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. We always appreciate your time. And a big shout-out to our guests, Robin S. and Rhea May. My thanks to Adam Brisson for being an amazing producer. And please don't forget that you can listen to us on many different platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. We'd also love for you to grab all of our social media handles by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have a great week. You and I'll chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.